0: So over the last uh, three years to, to generate almost 300 transactions just from a YouTube channel averaging, you know, practically 100 transactions a year is is crazy. And, and we're doing that from one lead source. And we've done that organically with zero ad spin.
1: Real estate rock stars at it again, and today we're we have Levi Lasic in the house. He's from Dallas, Texas. He's been an agent since January of 2021, and since then he is a standard team leader now. And they've done 150 million in production, 275 transactions. But this dude has blown up via his niche, which is lead generation through YouTube. He has almost 28,000 subs on his YouTube channel, Living in Dallas, Texas. He also has another YouTube channel now, Helping Agents with Passive Prospecting, which he actually wrote a book on that. It's called Passive Prospecting, and he's giving it away to our listeners, so um, make sure you get that from our toolbox, realestaterockstarsnetwork.com toolbox. Anyway, uh, Leve also has 100,000 followers on the gram, and today we're going to go deep into marketing. Like the, the background behind marketing that I think that most agents, they think lead gen. It's not like this strategy that could be marketing. So we're going to talk about interruption versus intention-based marketing. We're going to talk about paid versus free, seasonal versus evergreen, and then things like short form versus long form. So these are all things that we're going to dig deep in today with Levi. So Levi, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Dude, it's going to be the best time ever. Okay, but first, before we jump into all of that, let's take us back a little bit. Like, I know you're a veteran. Thank you so much for your service. But Thank you. let's have a little bit more about you. Who are you, Levi? Hit us.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I was just an old school sales guy, really, I guess you could say. So I started my sales career uh, when I got out of the military with Valley Total Fitness with uh, Michael Reese selling gym memberships. And and that's where I learned sales. Michael Reese took me to my first Brian Tracy event. That's where I first discovered, uh, you know, self-education, personal development, those types of things. Never even knew that existed. And so I was fortunate to discover that around the age of 21 or 22 years old. And since then, I've just become an avid learner and consumer of you know sales material. I never really knew what I wanted to be whenever I grew up. But whenever I got into sales, it was just something that I loved. And I just kind of gravitated. So, so that's where my career went. Um, I was going to get in real estate back then, around 2002, 2004, whenever Reese did. But I was still in the reserves. I ended up getting deployed and I spent the next 18 months over in Iraq. Uh, well, 12 months of that in Iraq. Six months of that was training and leading up to everything before heading over there. And whenever I got back, I, I really didn't want to be a real estate agent, I realized. After I was in in uh, combat for uh, 12 months, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to be an agent. You know, So I just came back, got into another sales job. I sold cell phones at Costco. So if you ever... Have you ever been inside Costco and you see that cell phone booth over there, stuffed off in the clothes section or the electronics section? I mean, I, that's—I used to sell cell phones there back in like 2006, and uh, whenever cell phones were really, I mean, were really really cool. So um, I don't, even, yeah, iPhone wasn't even out at that time. So damn, you're old. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is pre-iPhone. So, um, and the and the funny thing was, I did that. That I got recruited to a pharmaceutical company. Because of my sales skills, there did very well there, and uh, and then I, you know, I got really sick. And by the time I was 33 years old, I became completely disabled and bedridden because of a digestive disease that I picked up in Iraq, which was eight years earlier. But it just kind of snowballed over the the course of time, and and all of a sudden, I found myself. Uh, you know, dying from a digestive disease at 33, and so that's something that I don't think a lot of us uh, ever consider or th- even think about, unless you've had a friend or a family member, or maybe you've experienced a serious health issue on your own. But you know, in our early age, we think we're invincible; nothing's ever going to happen. And then, and then that happened, and that's whenever. And then, so I lost my job because uh, I wasn't able to come back to work; I wasn't physically able to do that. And this took me out for three months, uh, you know, three solid months. And, and then that's whenever I started my first business, financial services, started helping teachers with retirement planning. And I thought this was the best business in the world because I worked Monday through Friday, worked with teachers at schools, uh, had all the teacher holidays. So I worked really about eight months of the year. And uh, but I had about five times the teacher's salary. So I was living my best life, traveling the world, went to 24 countries, And then 2020 came around and and, uh, the world shut down, right? So school shut down and travel shut down. So all of a sudden I was there and, and now I'm 41 years old going, okay, how do I start over without starting over? Especially how do I start over in the middle of a global shutdown? Like what... Nobody's going to hire you. I didn't want a job anyways, but what business would I start? Uh, what would I get into? Because I had no idea what schools ever open back up. Nobody's really interested in investing at that time. They're looking at taking money out of their retirement accounts. So all that just led up to uh, Reese. My good friend, Michael Reese, came back to me and was still trying to get me into real estate after 20 years, uh, which we've been friends the whole time. And I was like, well, I still don't want to be a real estate agent. So I started to do a lot of research over 2020 to figure out, uh, first of all, how not to be a real estate agent. So I started investing money in other things. Like I bought into a couple of Amazon stores. Uh, I bought into some mentorships. I bought some investment courses because I thought, if I'm going to get into real estate full time, why not be an investor, right? Instead of an agent? They're so much cooler than agents, right? <laughs> or uh, investors. And uh, I started going through those courses. And what I realized that every single one of the first two or three modules was teaching me how to prospect, how to cold call, how to send out postcards or, you know, basically you have to acquire uh, clients or customers if you want to flip their home or wholesale it or any of these other things, right? You still have to go through that prospecting. And I'd been in sales and prospecting for the last 20 years. And I just felt like I was always starting over. Like every single day I had to wake up and the clock would reset. You know, my prospects would reset. I would start at zero every single day. So that got me thinking, going, okay, well, I want to do things differently right now. It's just, it's a different time, different day and age. And I'm really kind of tired of active prospecting, just always chasing down the client. Like I loved sales. I loved interacting with people. I love that belly to belly uh, sales, but... I felt like I spent 90% of my time trying to get there because I had to do the cold calling and the door knocking and, you know, the email campaigns and the, po- you know, I've done all that in previous businesses. So that's what really scared me to death about getting into real estate. Cause I thought, well, if I had become an agent, I don't want to have to start over doing all that stuff again. And then especially compete with a, a marketplace like Dallas, where there's thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of established agents and brands and everything else. And I'm, I'm going to get my postcard next to somebody who's been doing it for the last 5, 10 or 15 years. And so I just said, let me take a step back. I've got some time on my hands because nothing's going on in the world anyways during 2020. Let me do a little research. And I wanted to see if I could figure out a way to attract business. And this word attraction was just kind of stuck in my head because I always felt like, okay, I'm always chasing people. Can I just can I bring them to me in some form or fashion? And I figured that would probably be through social media, but I wasn't sure which platform. I, I wanted to see if I could figure out one platform because I think that's a big mistake people make starting out is somebody tells them, okay, congratulations, you're an agent out. Make sure you open up every single a Facebook business account, an Instagram, a TikTok, you know, a YouTube, you got to be everywhere, right? Uh, That's what they tell you if you want to generate business. But what happens is, is I think you get distracted or you end up spending 20% of your time across five different platforms and you never truly understand or master one platform. So I just figured, you know what? If I'm going to go down that social route, if I want to try to attract business, I need to find one platform, focus on that. And then I do believe too, if you become very proficient at one platform, it's a lot easier to branch off into the other platforms than it is to try to start five at one time. So the funny thing was, is that, Everybody was talking about Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, but none of those really set well with me and my personality. I was looking at those first just because that's where people were directing me to, but they just didn't sit well with me. And I I didn't see myself involved in those platforms. Um, And I didn't really want to be a dancing real estate agent on TikTok, you know, so, uh, and I didn't want to do pointy videos on Instagram. Uh, No offense to the pointy videos, but, you know, it was, uh, I was just, uh, it just didn't fit for me. And so YouTube was my last choice. And that's where I started to really dig in and started to research YouTube. And that's whenever I started to understand, well, YouTube's really a search engine versus a social media platform. And so I thought, okay, that makes sense to me. Uh, plus if I start out on YouTube, n- my friends or family are not going to know about it, right? Because, and then I wasn't going to become this real estate agent at 41 years old and then have to tell everybody, hey, by the way, I'm a real estate agent now. So make sure if you're going to buy, sell, or invest, you choose me. You know, I just, I didn't want to do that, right? So, so I thought, well, I can I can kind of like be a secret agent on YouTube. Maybe I can just create content. And if I can attract buyers and sellers versus my friends and family, well, maybe that could be a, a different avenue. And so I just I, I started to really dig in on YouTube. I like to call, I like to call it hyper learning, which I believe in this day and age with the internet, with blogs, vlogs, YouTube, Google, Amazon, Chat GPT, everything out there. You can hyper learn any subject in 60 days. And so I studied YouTube over the next 60 days. Um, I didn't watch Tiger King during 2020. So I just, instead of spending time watching Tiger King, I researched YouTube. And so after about 60 days, I felt like I had a good understanding of the platform, what to do, um, how to create videos, how to structure videos. Uh, when should I schedule? When should I publish? You know, how often should I publish? I basically had a business plan at the end of sixty days of everything I wanted to do over the next six months. And I think that's another mistake people make is whenever they start out on social. It's very admirable to get started. I mean, I do appreciate that, and I do appreciate people that have the courage that just press record and go for it. But at the same time, I think you're better served to truly understand a platform first. Uh, you know, build a business plan, not in the sense of analysis paralysis, but actually learn some things, study, build out a business plan, and then execute from there. And so, and I think you can do that within a 60 day timeframe, very, uh, very manageable and have a really good understanding. And then, uh, you know, take it from there and then go all in on that. I still, to this day, after three years, have not really ventured off or tried my, to, to, to grow my Instagram or TikTok. I mean, I post on there, but I've never studied Instagram platform. I'm still studying YouTube. I I don't feel like I've mastered YouTube or understand it a hundred percent. I'm still digging in and learning new things every single day. And so any, if I, if I step away and start trying to study other platforms, you know, I'm just concerned of losing that grip there on YouTube. So I'm, I'm just trying to be the best I can possibly possibly be at one platform and go all in and there. And so far, yes. Now those numbers you gave at the beginning is just from our YouTube channel. So it doesn't even count our sphere of influence, our referrals, everything else that's going in there. So over the last uh, three years to, to generate almost 300 transactions just from a YouTube channel, averaging you know practically 100 transactions a year is, is crazy. And, and we're doing that from one lead source and we've done that organically with zero
2: ad spend.
1: Here's a quick commercial break from our sponsor, Ryan Pineda.
2: If you are trying to grow your real estate investing business, then you need to join us at Wealthy Investor. You have no idea what Wealthy Investor is. It is our coaching program and community. We have helped thousands of students worldwide grow their business. Now, it doesn't matter if you're just getting started and you're trying to get that first deal. We can help you do that. If you're trying to scale your business and go from a few deals a year to a few deals a month or even seven figures a year, we can help you do that too. In fact, last year alone, we had over 30 students do over a million dollars in revenue. And I'd love for you to be the next one. So it's pretty simple. If you're trying to grow your business and wholesale more homes or flip more homes or buy more rental properties, then you need to go to WealthyInvestor.com and book a free call with our team. It's super simple. We'll go on a strategy call with you and figure out how we can help you grow according to your needs. So All you got to do is go to WealthyInvestor.com, book the free call with the team, and we'll see you there.
1: Now, back to the show. When you are, so I'm totally with you about the business plan, thinking through, understanding a platform, love all of that. I'm thinking of it, though, from an agent listening did you know already a pinpointed like target audience? Did you have like a specific outcome you were looking for as you were planning out your six months business plan? Because you already mentioned that you didn't want to be a real estate agent. And yet you have this living in Dallas, Texas channel. So was it like a referral business from the get go or what was the strategy?
0: No, the strategy was the fact that I knew nothing about being a real estate agent. And uh, as I dug in more and more and learned more about YouTube, and I started to look at search results and what people were actually searching, and I started to find that uh, the suburbs around Dallas had a high, high search volume actually, 10 times the search volume that it had on Google and that people were searching that more than like uh, 10 tips to buy a house, you know, something like that. So, I I could I could read about a VA loan or an FHA loan and, and then regurgitate that on a video, but it also didn't feel authentic to me because I had never helped anybody buy a home, you know, and get a VHA loan, you know, or a FHA loan or, you know, so I mean I've I've done VA loans myself. But again, I just, you know, teaching people about real estate or why I'm such a great real estate agent didn't seem authentic to me because I hadn't done it yet. So but I, I've lived in Dallas for 20 years. And so that's what led me to... Think okay, well, if I just if I if I just talk about Dallas and the neighborhoods and the suburbs, maybe people that are searching for that information, looking to move, you know, around the area or in the area, will find that and they'll find it helpful. Maybe I become their agent by default. And so that was really the thought process behind it. It was it was uh, I, actually in my videos I don't even say I'm a real estate agent. I think people just understand that by default. I, I never really introduce myself as Hey, I'm Levi, your local real estate agent. Make sure no, I just say Hey, if you're thinking about making a move, you know, give us a call you know, or shoot us a text. All that information is in the description below. So I have a call to action. And of course, if they go in that description, they're going to see I'm a licensed agent. But, you know, otherwise, I just didn't, maybe I don't come off as that Uh, salesy real estate person or something like that, you know, and at the same time, I may talk a little bit of stats and data, but that may be 10% of the video. 90% of the video is about the neighborhood, the area, the schools, the, you know, what's it like to live there, kind of the hotspots, what's there to do there, the jobs, the economy, you know, everything that people would typically research before they start thinking about moving into an area. And what I realized is that started to capture people in the research phase before they've ever decided to even hire a real estate agent or a mortgage broker. So they didn't even have that, you know, and that's the way most people think. That's what I've also realized is most people don't say, hey, honey, it's time to buy a house. Let's make sure we find the best real estate agent out there. You know, they typically say, hey, honey, it's time to buy a house. Let's start looking at areas, right? Let's start looking at communities. Let's start looking at school districts. Let's start looking at uh, places to be and things to do and proximity to the airport and downtown or, you know, our job or corporations, you know, those are the questions they start asking. And so uh, that's what I assumed. And when I started making that content and started calling those people, there were people started calling in. That's whenever I realized, uh, yeah, we were capturing them in the research phase. And so we, um, you know, just made content. Based on what people were looking for, answering those questions, fulfilling that need, and so then we became their agent by default because they spend so much time with us, uh, time with us on video that uh, you know the the video built the relationship for us. So they're coming to us with the relationship already established, and they feel like they already know, like, and trust us uh, because they've consumed so much content.
1: And you mentioned when you were deciding between the different platforms about how YouTube is a search engine versus a social media platform, which I love. I've I'm, I'm been big verbally on YouTube for a little while now. I say verbally because I haven't done anything with my own channel. But if, when people are like, hey, what should I get into? I'm like, YouTube. It's, it's the whole thing. But uh, could you talk a little bit about... I know in your book, you have interruption versus intention-based marketing. And I think this ties into what you were saying about catching people in like the research stage, perhaps. But could you elaborate? And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I'd also like to compare examples of YouTube being one type of marketing versus, you know, X, Y and Z being other types of marketing for agents listening, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So interruption marketing is what we've been exposed to our entire lives. And therefore, by default, we typically conduct interruption marketing in our businesses. So interruption marketing is TV commercials, billboards, magazine ads, cold calling, door knocking, all of that, right? It's interrupting what people are doing. Think about it. Typical uh, real estate agents uh, come into the business with not a lot of money to their name. And so that's why they usually rely on free lead generation, which is cold calling or door knocking or sphere of influence, you know, whenever they get started, because that takes their time versus their money. But What are you doing? You're interrupting. You meet somebody at Starbucks. Okay, great. I mean, you have no idea is that person going to be in the market in the next two, three, four or five years. They could have bought a house yesterday, but yet we're like, okay, hey, let me get your information. I'll put you in my database and follow up with you forever, right? Until you die. And hopefully you'll buy or sell a house for me one day down the road. So, Um, You know, we we sit down. I don't watch TV except during football season. I definitely like to watch some Cowboys games and I sit down and I watch a Cowboys game and I will see sometimes the same commercial, especially uh, with uh, with football players as the as the host. Right. Or, or, you know, like the State Farm's a big one. You know, the thing is, is that I'm not in the market for insurance. Uh, I'm not in the market for home or auto insurance, but I will see that commercial 10 times in one football game. You know, they're trying to sell me. And if I said, hey, like a good neighbor, you could probably finish. The that- farm
1: is there, Levi. Exactly. So, He's so, there.
0: <laughs> right. So why do they do that? Why do you see that same commercial 10 times over? Why do they have jingles to get stuck in your head? It's because it's interruption marketing because I'm not the, the vast majority of their audience is not in the market at that time. And you're constantly interrupting. Now, when I have intention to buy something. I I don't need any marketing or advertising. I don't need a commercial to remind me. I will say, oh, I just bought a new car. I need car insurance. Well, hopefully they're thinking at that time that they've interrupted you so much over the last 5, 10, 20 years that you've been seeing these commercials that you're going to say, oh, I should call State Farm, right? And that's how traditional marketing works. It's the same thing what real estate agents do. I'm going to send so many postcards that maybe one day, a year, two, three years down the road... You'll buy from me. If I'm calling you, none of us like to get phone calls in the middle of dinner, you know, because it's interrupting what we're doing. And most of the time, I, no, I'm not in the market for a new car warranty. I just, I, my, my warranty didn't expire. I just got a car yesterday. How could my warranty expire? But they still do that because clearly it works. Now intention based marketing. Think about this. When it comes to real estate, do you be- believe people become intentional when they're ready to buy or sell a home? And if that answer is yes, then then you would say, OK, why not just put myself in front of those people instead of chasing down every other person that I come in contact with or making 100 phone calls a day? Because if you cold call, you know, the numbers you have to make 100 phone calls to maybe get 10 people on the phone to maybe get one or two that actually give you the time of day to have a conversation. And then those maybe are they good do. numbers. Yeah, those are good numbers. Right. But, <laughs> But when people go onto YouTube and they start searching, Hey, what's it like to live in Dallas? You know, um, you know, those types of things. Guess what? They're intentional. They're researching. They're looking for that information. And so, uh, we, that's why our contact to contract out of all those transactions, almost 300 transactions from YouTube, our contact to contract is 51 days, meaning the first time somebody ever reaches out to us, we typically get them under contract in a 51 day time period because that's how intentional they are. It's not like we have to follow up with them. Yeah, for, for 12, 18, 24, 36 months, it's they're coming to us. And whenever they call us, guess what? They're taking that step. They're being intentional. They're saying, hey, I'm looking to move in the next 30, 60, 90 days and all your videos are really helpful. Therefore, I'd like to use you. So we're just putting out the content on a platform where people start to search and research and then, uh, and then they find the videos on their own, click the videos on their own, watch the videos on their own. So it feels like they're the ones making these decisions for themselves. And so that's why they go, well, shoot, I got so much value already from Levi. I might as well give him a call. And they can help us. You know, they'll, they'll help us buy a home. And so that's that's the that's the difference between interruption versus intentions. At interruption, you typically have to go through the numbers. You either have to have a big budget or you have to have a lot of time to run through the numbers. You know, if you're if you're doing this through paid like postcards, that's why no agent comes into the business and just starts sending out a thousand postcards a month because it's expensive and you've got to go through the numbers, right? Because you've got to interrupt people's mailbox over and, over and over and over and over and over and over again for hopefully one day. Actually Mike Reese told me he used to postcard so much that a guy finally called him and said, I could I could wallpaper my bathroom with all your postcards, you know, so that's why I'm calling you. But guess what? He probably spent if you wallpapered a bathroom in those postcards, that probably cost two or three thousand dollars worth of postcards to do that. And that's what it could take to acquire a customer. So here we're creating content um only takes our time. We can upload it onto YouTube for free. So that doesn't cost us any money. And then we sit back and we make more content. Every time we make more and more content, then that gives us more opportunities to be found.
1: Real quick, as you likely know, the 2024 Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind is sold out. But if one of your preferred vendors is looking for marketing opportunities, we are looking for sponsors. We would love to get their name and business out to 80 highly motivated real estate agents from across the country. Know someone who'd be interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and shoot us a quick email for more information. Thanks so much. Back to the show. And this is something that I also love about SEO in general. Like I've, I've thought a lot recently about marketing and different forms of marketing. When I first got into real estate, like I had a big um, network through the military and I had a lot of referral based. So my, my initial interactions in the real estate industry were all warm. They were all people who were like, Shelby's amazing. You have to, and so like I never had to sell. And then it wasn't until um, my husband did a bunch of like direct to seller marketing because we were doing a bunch of flips you know, a year or two ago. And people, when it's cold, when it's interruption and it's cold outreach, those are just such completely different conversations. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, they don't want to work. They hang up on you. They, you know, (laughs) yell at you, all of these different things. And so because of those experiences, I've had more and more thinking about the type of marketing that I believe in. We, we have are dabbling with SEO, um, because Drake likes to write (laughs) blogs as if it's me, which is a whole other story. But (laughs) I love the idea of YouTube, because it's not only, like you said, the search engine, but also that nurture process of people falling in love is not the right term, but it's the same idea. It's like they are becoming a friend with you, and you don't even know they're watching. And it's it's beautiful. But a question, though, because one of your chapters in your book is paid versus free. And I'm big on nothing is free in this world because you're either paying for it with money or time. And so can you talk to us a little bit about, I understand the concept paid versus free, but like, what is, what is the time commitment that it looks like for you to start this channel?
0: Well, on that note, uh, I wrote that chapter just to do comparison for people that have run Facebook ads or things like that, because, uh, that's, that's, what most real estate agents, if they get into online advertising, they'll, they'll typically go, go down the route of Facebook ads. Well, I believe the stats were in there. Uh, it takes on average nine months, um, you know, for conversion, and the conversion rates are between one, one actually one percent now or less on Facebook. So still, you could do an ad on Facebook, get a hundred leads in a month, but you may convert one of those, and that may take up to nine months, which would which would mean you'd have to run ads for nine months before possibly getting your first deal. And you still, guess what? You still have to call a hundred of those people uh, because. They're not just going to come to you and say, hey, I love your ad on Facebook. I'd like to buy a house. They typically submit a form and it becomes a lead form now. And you usually pay per impression uh, when you run ads online, whether that's Google ads or Facebook ads or things like that. So far, YouTube has given us almost 40 million impressions for free. On our channel. but That means an impression on YouTube is is considered uh, whenever they leave your thumbnail up on somebody's screen longer than one second because their eyes are able to process that image. So that means not if somebody's just scrolling around all over the place or really super fast, it's like if they stop and they have a chance to process your image, that's an impression according to YouTube. Well YouTube's put us in front of almost 40 million people for free. At least 40 million eyeballs. Some of those impressions could be the same people. Now if you paid a penny per impression on any other platform, that would have cost you $400,000 in marketing alone to do that. And guess what? If you post on Facebook, I don't care if you have 5,000, 10,000 friends, how many people actually see that? Like five or 10? I mean, most of the time, your mom doesn't even see your post on Facebook, right? Because they're, they're pay to play. Where YouTube is a is a free platform, YouTube doesn't push your videos to the viewer. YouTube pulls videos for the viewers. So they know that viewer so well that they're going to pull the videos that will best, that they believe will best match that person's watching, uh, you know, criteria because that's what they want. Uh, You go onto Facebook, Facebook's not going to do that. If I search, I'm not going to go back to your in your Facebook feed and see what videos you posted uh, six months ago. I'm not going to search on Facebook for anything to solve my my problems. It's just not going to happen. So that's the big difference on there. And YouTube's pushing out our content for free. Does it take our time? Well, not really. That's another concept: is uh, taking time versus making time. I don't believe YouTube takes time. I believe it makes you time. So I give you a couple of different concepts there, which is number one, if it takes me 30 minutes to make a video, because I'm able to track all the analytics and data through YouTube, if I know the watch time. So to me, if that video has been watched 31 minutes, I've profited one minute of my time, which means I, 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 yes, I invested 30 minutes of my time, but now I've, uh, the consumer has watched 31 minutes. So I feel like I've gotten that time back and I've profited. Now, one video, for example, uh, I I share, you know, was watched over 12,000 hours. You know, if you broke that down in 24 hours in a day, that would be equivalent to like 1.34 years. So for me to make a 30 minute investment of my time and get 1.34 years worth of prospecting is the way I look at. And that's the whole reason we call this passive prospecting is because I create one video asset it goes to work for me not just not just making time but really in a compounding time and that's another concept in the book another principle that I, that is really my favorite is the compound return of your time you see we all love the idea of compound interest right we all love the idea of passive income but what does it take to build up to those things well it takes it takes time right and it's a compound effect well I don't know anything else. Like if I, if I cold call for two hours a day, I, I can't really tell you what's the direct return of my time for those two hours. As far as I know, I just gave up two hours for two hours. And I do know if I stop cold calling, my lead generation stops. Nobody, no, if I stop cold calling, nobody's calling for me afterwards. But if I actually made a video and I make it in 30 minutes and, and then post it and now it's been watched, like last year, our channel has watched 104,600 hours. You divide that by 24 hours in a day, that's equivalent to almost 12 years worth of prospecting. So that is a compound return, in my opinion. And if I even took it a step further and we did that division by uh, two hours a day, if you were calling two hours a day, my channel was watched equivalent 143 years, which would mean you would have to make phone calls for 143 years to match what my channel was watched last year in a one year time frame. So that is passive prospecting. And if you've ever said, well, I just wish there was more of me, well, make a video. And now you've got an extra one of you. Uh, make two videos and you've got two of you. Make three videos and you've got three of you out there prospecting for you on your behalf. So maybe you don't need a sales team. Maybe you don't need uh, you know, a team to go out there and uh, pass out flyers for you and ISA team to make calls. You just need to make videos and you're duplicating yourself. You know, And that's a way that you're going to generate more business and Leverage yourself because that's what's allowed me to step out of production. (laughs) Really, after one house, that's the funny thing is that uh, whoever's listening to this now will either love me or hate me for that. You know, they'll be like, "Wait a second, I've been trying to get out of production for twenty years." Well, if you haven't been able to do that and you want to do that, you the only way to do that is through leverage. You know, either leveraging people, processes, you know, systems, or or uh, you know, money in one form or fashion. Well, YouTube is in my opinion, the best way to leverage your prospecting. And therefore, that could easily free up two hours of your day every single day, because I can make a week's worth of content in two hours. And so that could serve me for the whole week, um, maybe even two weeks, depending on how fast and proficient I get, which now I can make videos very fast, uh, very proficiently, and uh, because I'm better at it. And so that gets better with over with time. And so video is the least amount of time I spend in my business this, uh, you know, this day and age, but but it actually gives me the biggest return.
1: I was going to ask you about that because you know, thirty minutes to make a video. I think I mentioned it in this podcast. I don't know, my days will blur. I dabbled with a YouTube video, you know, thing YouTube channel back in twenty twenty one, the Shelby Show. If you guys want to see how much <laughs> fun that was, um, but what I struggled with was. I spent a whole day, I'm not even kidding you, a day scripting because I had the teleprompter and you know, people are like, oh, just do bullets and free flow. Like my brain was a I would just black out immediately. And so like I would spend this entire day scripting and then before going to record, like I would, you know, go through a whole freakout process, maybe take like a shot of fireball, run around the house, then try to record. It was just it wasn't 30 minutes. It wasn't knocking it out. So, uh, any, any, because people starting will probably be closer to me than closer to 15, 30 minutes and knock it out of the park. So, were you always this way? What, how much of a process was it
0: to transform? No, I, I mean, I would uh, make some neighborhood videos. It, usually, it used to take me four hours to make uh, one neighborhood video, and I could do the same video now in an hour. If I wanted to, and that's actually going out into a community, driving around, getting stuck in traffic, going to different neighborhoods to look at different price points. You know, so there's, there's some logistics in there now. Now, if I, and if I sit down in the office to make a video. I can pretty much do it in, in one take, you know, it's, 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 uh, and if I were to screw up, I just kind of like start over at where I, where I screwed up at. I don't have to start over from the beginning. So I just understand uh, how to make videos. I understand editing and how that come. I, I don't edit. I've never edited a single video, I was gonna but I understand how it comes together in the process. So I'm not worried about messing up or things like that. I can, cause I know the editor is going to take care of it. So I can sit down and literally if I'm, if I end up making a 30 minute video, I, it pretty much takes me about 40 minutes to do that. Cause I may have about 10 minutes of excess of looking at my notes or messing up or something like that. Or, and that's it. I know all that's going to get cut out. Uh, there's going to be a little fat in the middle as well to get trimmed out. And then, you know, I may have a, a you know, a 25, 26, 28 minute video out of really f- sitting down for 40 minutes. So I, I'm just very proficient now, but it's yeah, really before, but I've, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you, you got to, um, you know you can script a lot quicker now too yeah you can script a lot quicker now too with ai and things like that but um, i i I free flow i like to make bullet points and Mm -hmm. just work from there and, and that's how i make videos Quick pause,
1: let's talk real estate investing. Do you want to invest, but don't have the time to hunt for deals or run numbers? Or maybe you've got a bunch of investors looking for deals, but deal flow totally dried up? Well, word on the street is there's a build-to-rent company in Florida that's proven to be a great option for both realtors and investors looking for a hands-off solution with numbers that work. They build single-family homes, duplexes, and quads. They handle all of the details from breaking ground to tenant placement, then manage the rental on the back end. Plus, they're offering to pay referral fees on any business you send their way. Interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com slash invest for more information. Now, back to the show. Okay, logically, I'm with you though. I am so sold on YouTube. It's ridiculous. And even listeners right now, they're like, yes, YouTube. However, I would venture to say 99% will not do it. Is there? And I know at this point, you have been in this world. You're coaching other people to do this. Why? Why don't? Why do people logically? It checks all the blocks. They know they should do it. Why don't they do it?
0: Because there will always be lazy people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why? I don't know. Everyone has their own reason, but what it comes down to is. Uh, um, and really, maybe lazy is not even the right. I would say, just say you're not interested. You know, I would say you're not interested. I think I think Gary V said that one time. He said you're not lazy. You're just not interested. And so maybe maybe that's not the case. You could just not be interested. Maybe you haven't hit a pain point hard enough that is making you you know do something uh, or take a drastic change. I mean, people usually move away from pain or towards pleasure. Typically, a lot more away from pain. So. Uh, A lot of times, you know, the stories I hear about are people that they they their back was against the wall, or they didn't have other options, or they were starting out and they were struggling, or you know, those are those seem to seem to be the ones that were most successful. I mean, I think about um, Preston, who's in our backyard, and you know, he was sick and tired of Zillow leads, and he worked at the fire department, so really, you know, every other uh, he had like what one day on, two days off, so. You know, he said he would be in the firehouse, like taking calls in the corner, you know, because he didn't want the other firemen to see him. And he wasn't supposed to be doing that anyways. And then he'd get called out. And, you know, all this this schedule was crazy. And he just, you know, he's like, I can't do this anymore. I've got a wife and kids. And I, 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 I this is no lifestyle because on his days off from the fire department, guess what he had to do? He had to hustle and then try to arrange showings and do all this other stuff. And it became way too much. And then he's like, wait a second, I'm making 40,000 a year as a firefighter. And I just sold like two properties and made 40,000. So, you know, that's the thing is that, uh, people usually have to have, you know, extenuating circumstances, uh, I guess, for the motivation to be there, because really, uh, the reason they don't do it would be they're not interested, lack of discipline could be lazy. Uh, you know, so there's, there's a lot of different factors. And, uh, I know the people that, that do succeed with us, just have a burning desire. A lot of times they're already successful, but they, they just want to do something different or add to it. And then you have the others that are at the bottom and, and, you know, want to do anything they can to get, you know, to work their way up. So it really comes down to, you know, where they're at in their life. And if, if, if the, uh, the drive is not there enough or the interest or um, they lack discipline, I mean, all of those things can hold you back.
1: Question, I'm curious more about your um, your current process because you, know, you mentioned you jot down some notes, you can knock out a video, a 30 minute video in 40 minutes, but you've never edited. So from you have, I'm guessing you have an idea based on what you mentioned before is you pay attention to what people are searching for in your area on YouTube. And mm-hmm. then based on what people are searching for, you give them that video, that content and you have ideas, you probably research, you know, you mentioned 10% data, perhaps, you knock out the video, and then what? What is the process from you hit stop on the record until it goes live into, uh, onto YouTube?
0: So whenever I hit stop on, on the record?
1: Yes, like you just that- recorded, you nailed it, it was awesome, what now?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I use Trello. I use a Trello board and we have a whole workflow built out in there. And so if I, if I do a recording on my phone, like I just did, I will, I will airdrop it to my computer and I put that in a Google drive. Then I take that Google drive link and drop that on the Trello board. And then I have stages across Trello, like, um, Uh, I have ideas. I have new blogs and videos. Once the ideas, once I've done some research on that, which I will do some initial research that goes into new blogs and videos. Uh, Once I shoot that video and I have it ready to go, I upload the Google Drive link with all the assets in there: uh, the videos, any B-roll, any pictures, and I move it to ready for editing. And then I have automations built into Trello, which Trello is a free, uh, you know, free website you can use, and it's a it's a workflow. Uh, system. And so you can do this for video editing, you can do it for project management, all kinds of things. Uh, once it goes to ready for editing that automatically automatically, notifies my editor and so he just goes into Trello and he pulls everything out of the Google Drive and starts working on it. He moves it to in editing and that notifies me to let me know that he's working on it. And then when he's done, he's going to move it to ready to review, which notifies me that it's ready to review and the great thing about this is we're not texting or, you know, WhatsApping or anything like that, you know, to say, "Hey, where are we at? What are you doing?" I can see on the Trello board where the video is at in the process and then we get notified whenever it's ready for one of us to take a look at. Once I review that video, if I approve, if I if I, if there's corrections, I move it back to in editing, and I'll make my notes. He'll go back in there, and it notifies him, and so he'll go and fix those, and then he'll move it back to ready for review, and then I'll review, it and I'm like, all right, cool, good to go, and then I'll just move it to like ready to schedule, ready to optimize, and then published. And so uh, Trello, I think, is a great system. It's a great uh, workflow, and it's free, and you can uh, have up to ten boards. So if you want to have a board for video editing, you want to have a board for project management, you have a, a board for listing strategy, a, a board for, you know, working with a buyer. Contract you can to do close. all that. Yeah. Yep. Totally.
1: That. Yeah. yeah. I'm a, Trello's awesome. Um, okay. So editing is he, do you use like vid, vid pros or do you use like a, who? who's your editor? You don't need to name the person, oh. but is it like someone you found on Fiverr? Where did that come from?
0: Uh, well, we have a, we have a video editing agency now, so we, of we course. have all of our own of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotcha. We also help other, yeah, we help other agents with that as well.
1: Very cool. Next question. Um, you uh, ready to schedule. Got it. Ready to optimize. Can you tell us what that means?
0: Yeah, that is uh, all the back end uh, of filling in the blanks, writing the descriptions, you know, optimizing the SEO, all of that 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 needs to go into to make that video complete. Because that's a huge mistake people will make is they record a video, upload it to YouTube, and they don't fill in all the blanks, they don't write the descriptions, they don't put the tags, the title, you know, all the good stuff in there. And that's what really communicates to YouTube what your video is about. So if somebody's searching what's it like to live in Dallas? And I have those keywords placed throughout there. I've tagged it properly. I've optimized, you know, everything that goes in the back end. That's what actually communicates to YouTube to say, oh, well, this person is researching this based on Dallas. We should push this video to them because they're likely to watch it. So optimization is fancy word for uh, SEO tags, titles, descriptions, uh, locate, you know, all kinds of things, files, file formats. Uh, There's a lot that goes into it.
1: Is that something, so back when I was doing my, my dabbling in 2021, it was this like chicken and the egg thing that I like went through of like, do I pick my title first or do I shoot this video around a concept and then try to make up the title afterwards? So I guess my question is for you, do you go in with like a clear picture of the keys for optimization or do you do the video and then plug in the keys afterwards?
0: I think a little bit of both. I mean, the, you know, there's some pretty big YouTubers out there that they will say all they do is think of title and thumbnail first. I mean, I don't know. I I think of more of idea. I think of more of feedback, you know, what, what are, you know, we, we communicate with our, with our viewers. I mean, we help them buy homes. Right. And so we get to know them even better. We have comments, you know, we can do polls. I just did a poll on my channel about what's the next suburb to, to, to film on, based on it, and, and we had like you know 300 votes on there, so I got a good idea of what's the next one I can make. So I'll make a video on that, and then I, from there, I typically think of how do we capitalize on the title and thumbnail from the video. So for me, it's about covering areas: what's uh, what's most searched, what's the buzz, where's the new community, you know, those types of things that I think will better serve the client, and then and then we'll we'll figure out a good title and thumbnail from there. Do
1: you test multiple th- uh, thumbnails? Yes. How many?
0: Uh, Maybe two to four at the most. Yeah.
1: Okay, gotcha. That's usually,
0: that- yeah, usually two or three. I mean, at least two yeah. on each video. But yeah, we might go a third or fourth. It just depends. Yeah.
1: Dude, that is so interesting. That's something um, I'm a fangirl of the Diary of the CEO podcast. Have you heard of it? Have you listened to it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so they did some video recently about like the making of the podcast and they were talking about, they tested 100 thumbnails and I was like, what? And so that's kind of my thing now where it's like, I'm looking at your channel, which it looks awesome. Like every thumbnail on there, I want to click. Guys, if you are listening, you need to go check it out. Living in Dallas, Texas. Um, and so my my instinct now is like, how many thumbnails? Because each one takes time and effort to create. Like that's a, that's a whole production. And then how many behind the scenes? And really what I'm getting to is it it is not a light, I mean, absolutely make the video, get it out there. But like, if you want to be excellent as with anything, it's a lot of work that goes into it,
0: no? Uh, Yeah, so I'm just looking, I just logged in. Um, So on one page, I have 20, there's, you know, it shows like the last 20 of my AB test on one page and I have uh, at least 19 pages of, you know, when you scroll down at the bottom. So that means 19 pages of 20. So what is that?
1: Math, uh, Levi, not my thing. Yeah,
0: 380. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So we've done at least 380, um, you know, AB test.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I, ne- I need to make sure I close this loop before we had to wrap up. Um, so you closed one deal as an agent and you've been focusing on building out your YouTube channel. So did you just straight away like build a referral system where it's like the leads come in because these people are sold on you. And then it's like, yes, here's my friend who's going to help you now. Like, I don't know. Talk me through that.
0: Yeah. It just, it really kind of happened by accident. And uh, so I met my my current business partner. I, I met him about the same time and, and, you know, he didn't want to prospect, <laughs> and he also didn't want to make videos. But he loves, loves, loves showing homes, writing contracts, negotiating deals. I was like, I was like, I don't know. I've I've done that the last twenty years in my sales career. That's all I did was meet with clients, negotiate deals, sign contracts. I loved it, but at the same time, I was at this point where I was kind of like, eh, I'm a little over that right now. I want to do something a little different. Plus, I'm having a little more fun making these videos. So whenever the first clients came around, uh, the first deal, actually i closed over the phone, never met the person. And it was a, and it was with the builder. So the builder sent them the contract and they docu-signed it. So I've actually never, I've never even written a contract in real estate. (laughs) So, um, you know, that's the funny thing. And then whenever the first clients came into town, Travis was like, well, I'll, I'll go show him around, you know? And, and then, so he just kind of took over from there. And then, and then the next people came in and and the next, next people, and I just kept pushing them over to Travis and nobody cared. Nobody cared. Nobody said, Hey, uh, now the thing is, is in, in the beginning, I took the first 350 phone calls, emails, texts, like I replied to every text. I got everybody on the phone. I met them on zoom. I did all of that to understand the process. But after after the first year, then I I stepped out of that and started and then passed it on to uh, team members or to you know we got a uh, you know a client care manager to start answering those calls and then assigning them to agents and we we actually grew even more and more so nobody has ever uh, raised a stink about it you know they're they're actually happy to just be working with the team what I also found out in those first 350 calls is that most people were surprised I was even answering the phone. They were surprised they were even talking to me in the first place. They were already expecting to talk to a team member. It's just like how many people bank at uh, Chase Bank right now, and not a single person goes in and expects to talk to J.P. Morgan, right? I do. So, yeah, right. So <laughs> he's been long gone for a little while. So, yeah. so you know, they're there for the they're there for the brand, the experience, the the uh, you know, the reputation. And you know, I bank with Chase just because you know, they they treat me well. It seems easy, it's convenient, blah blah blah. Well, the same thing we we've, we've provided them so much value, there ha- they know if they're a part of my team, they assume that they're going to be a good agent and take care of them, and they do. So so that hasn't been a problem, and it just kind of happened that way. It wasn't like I got into this planning. Okay, I'm never going to uh, I'm never going to open a door. He 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 he. Yeah, this is my part of my evil plan. Uh, I didn't see, I was prepared to do it and I And I figured I was going to have to do it. It just, it just was perfect timing. And then from there, after the first year, I was just, well, why, why should I, why, why do I really have to go out and open doors and write contracts and, and negotiate? Or do I just keep making videos? And, and so I just kept making videos and that's So really, I mean, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say I'm an agent. I'm really, I have a real estate license. That's what I would say. And yes, I've pretty much have referred the way you see that is I've referred every single one of those clients to now our own team, ideally, but, but that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a lead generating referral agent really is what it comes down to. Dope.
1: Okay. Um, and guys, listening to this, I know you have a million more questions for Levi. As I do too. I can keep them on for a long time. But luckily for us, he provided his book, that passive prospecting book. So make sure you go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com to our tool bit, whoa, toolbox and get it. You can download it there. Um, before we head into wrap-up questions though, Levi, what is there anything pressing that you would like to share with our listeners?
0: Wow. Uh any I mean, I wouldn't say it's <laughs> pressing, but it, Honestly, it's I think it's probably <laughs> the wrong word. Like, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it, it depends on uh, depends on where you're at in your life and your business. I mean, I think now now if you start YouTube, it's it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. But you know, we've we've done over a million in commissions this year alone just from our YouTube channel, and we've had over seven and a half interest rates the entire time. So how many of you would love to have uh, you know, a million in GCI from one lead source in this type of market when people say nobody's buying or selling or, you know. The thing is, is that if you start right now, uh, probably it's going to take a little bit longer because of the market conditions, but you want to be prepared. Come 2024, if interest rates drop to 6.5% is going to seem like a steal next year, if interest rates drop to 65 Now, the year before, that seemed like, uh, that seemed like, oh, out of, you know, completely absurd six and a half. But now that's going to seem like a deal. And I think you're going to see a lot of people come back into the market if we drop to six and a half and the people with the most content or the established content or the most visible agent is going to win. So you want to start building that up now. And you know what? You may not get a deal from YouTube for the next two, three, four, five, maybe six months, but you want to be positioned with all those videos and continually creating content and be... A well-oiled machine at that time too. So whenever people do come back into the market, um, even though they've been in the market the whole time for us, you know, you want to be in that position to do that.
1: Damn right. Okay, <laughs> Levi. Wrap-up question number one: What is something cool that you've learned recently? Whether that be in your life, your business, real estate, whatever.
0: Well, I mean, I'm I'm learning more and more about my health and i mean i've Fine. always i've been a, i've been a huge health advocate ever since i got sick uh, i was able to recover from that uh, 100% natural with no medication or surgery and uh, that wasn't the case the, the path i was headed down but but uh, since 2013 i've been medication free um, i've never even taken an advil in the last 10 years and I'm still learning more. I actually just got back results today from I did a uh, one of the complete body biome test, uh, you know, and that's where they do saliva, blood and stool samples. So it's interesting whenever they measure all those types of things, uh, what they can tell about you. And so I was reading through a little bit of that this this morning and I realized some areas in my health, even though I feel the best shape I've ever been in. It tells me a little bit more last year I did a gene test so um, I knew what my to figure out what my genetics were so I could I would take the right supplementation instead of just taking you know 10 20 supplements a day just because you know everyone says you should I, I'm on the right supplements for my genes and now doing these types of tests you know you just keep learning a little bit more and more so I think uh, health is far more important than anything else other than your faith, and uh, you know you have your faith, then your health, and then, then you'll, you're going to be able to take care of yourself and your family and people from there. But you have to focus on your health because if, if you don't have your health, you can't have your wealth, and if you don't have your wealth, it's gonna be very difficult to take care of your family. Uh, and so you, know, you have to take care of yourself first when it comes to health.
1: Ugh, I love that answer, Levi. I'm like, I'm such a health kick person. Truly, between like the sleep and what you put in your body, not just food wise, but also like intaking of content and those around you and all of the little things. So I feel like, because now I want to go on a whole nother podcast of asking you like what you eat, what you drink, what are the things that you've learned. So maybe we'll do a round two. Actually, listeners, if you think that that would be cool, if you'd be interested in like a deep dive into health and wellness and all of those things, let me know, uh, because I would like to do it, but Levi, because in the, in the sake of time, next question, what events are you going to in the next 12 months?
0: I'll be speaking in Cabo in March and, and then, uh, probably vid summit in, uh, September. So I went to this year, I was at, uh, I think at least 25, between 25 to 30 conferences. And I spoke at most of those, And this year, 2024, actually, I, I have hardly anything on the books as of right now, because I want to peel back the last two years and the year before that, I was at about 25 conferences. So I've been to about between 50, 55 conferences over the last two years. Now that was, that was strategic. That was intentional. It was to brand build. It was to, to... Get the message out and I got invited a lot of those places. So I, I, I didn't say no. And so, uh, this, this year I want to refocus back on my health. And here's the other thing. I think that's where my health probably I, I still maintain whenever I go out of town. But when you're jumping time zone to time zone, hotel to hotel, hotel breakfast to, uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a big drinker. But, you know, even just one or two drinks with people at night at the hotel or, you know, at the happy hour here, it just it all adds up. And so uh, I committed to actually 2024 to kind of scale back but I will be speaking uh, in Cabo, Mexico at, at a real estate event. I'll go to Vid Summit, And I this is what I recommend for people based on your budget. You need to go to at least one real estate conference and one skill-based conference. So if you want to improve in sales, you want to improve in video like us, you want to improve in, uh, I don't know, uh, email marketing. Uh, th- there's, there's a conference out there for that. So at least go to uh, probably your major brokerage conference. That's you should at least go to that, and then pick at least a skill based conference that you can go to to uh, learn uh, to better further a skill set. So for me, right now, just Vid Summit is on the books, and Cabo. I'm sure I'll get invited uh, very, a lot more places. But I attended all the conferences because I wanted to learn. I wanted to network. I wanted to meet people and some of my best relationships have come from conferences, but this year I'm not going to go unless I'm speaking because I, I, uh, yeah, I just want to take some time back this year, refocus on the business and and uh, be a little bit more at home. Plus, I got a baby boy on the way. So, Oh,
1: congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so with you about conferences, though. It has been a total game changer for me in a million ways. I would not be hosting this podcast if not for meeting Aaron at the Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind Conference 2021. Anyway, it's not about me. It's about you, Levi. How can listeners help you in your business?
0: Well, you already got the book, so uh, <laughs> you got that for free. But if you want to go to uh, book.passiveprospecting.com slash free then there you can also we've got a uh, we're running a two-day event in January. And so we go over uh, quite a bit of information in two days. We've run it the last three months in a row. It's been phenomenal, Uh, over 1,500 agents on there. And uh, we take six hours each day over two days and go through a huge deep dive on YouTube by itself. So that's the thing. What I learned about conferences is I have a love-hate relationship with conferences because love meeting people, love hearing all the perspectives. But at the same time, most of the time people only get like 15 or 20 minutes to speak. And yet it's really difficult to really understand somebody's business or what they're doing in 15 or 20, even an hour. Even if they have an hour, you're likely not going to understand their whole business. So that's why we're like, look, we're going to create an online virtual event where we deep dive for two days and really dig into nuts and bolts. So if you're that type of person, uh, you know, go to book.passiveprospecting.com free. You can get a free copy of the book uh, there as well. But then also, it'll prompt you if you want to uh, get a ticket for, for that.
1: Perfect. Love it. And other than your Instagram at Levi Lassick, which is S, ooh, wow, L A S C S A K, and the YouTube channel Living in Dallas, Texas, is there anywhere else you want people to go to find you? Any action?
0: Nope. I mean, we have uh, the passive prospecting YouTube channel as well. So again, we talk a lot about uh, YouTube on there. We highlight a lot of uh, client successes, and and so you know, I would encourage you to check those out because some some of their stories may resonate with you.
1: Perfect. Love it, Le- Levi. This has been super fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show, listeners. Please go follow him, give him all the love, do the the deep dive, the course, the, all the things. And of course, if you want to hang out with me and the owner of the show, we are the Shelby Show and Aaron Amuja on the gram. We want to hear from you and hang with you. So come play on Instagram. That is it for today. Levi, thank you so much for coming on the show and real estate rock stars. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you. This podcast is a part of the
1: C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.